Hi, I'm Brenda Burns, and this is the Vienna Assembly of God Sermons Podcast. Thank you for listening. It's an honor to share this time with you. Learn more about the ministries of Vienna Assembly of God at ViennaAG.com. Please leave your comments and reviews on the platform where you're listening. And now for today's message. Good morning, everybody. We are here together in church in response to God's invitation to come and worship him. God has initiated this moment of the gathered community to meet with us. He's here to meet with us in a way that is unique to the rest of our weekly rhythms. We come in humble adoration of you, O God. So I want to just quickly say that today's service flow is going to be slightly different and just want to prepare us for what's going to happen here. We're going to begin with a song of worship. Then I'm going to be leading us in a meditation, reflecting on the momentous week that we have just come through. Following that, we will then continue in worship and praise and move forward into the familiar parts of our service, passing the peace, worshiping through giving, and receiving the word of God. We're going to have an extended time for prayer together at the end of the service. So are you ready? Let's ready ourselves now to begin. On Friday, Roe versus Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court. Each of you received a rose as you came into the service today. Uh, for those joining from home, I'm sorry I can't send you an electronic rose, but um, please join in this meditation anyway. So, as the Supreme Court overturned the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision that made abortion legal throughout the United States, this decision on Friday makes it the purview of each state uh, to determine if abortion will be legal rather than it being a federal law. I have participated in the March for Life many times through the years. Uh, it was always held in January on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. And the point of the march is to protest that decision and pray for it to change. But it's bigger than just that in terms of what I've come to accept is that the law is one thing. People's hearts are another thing. I've also come to understand that the complexities around this situation don't have easy answers. Even if Roe v. Wade was never overturned, could our culture come to a different attitude about life in the womb. The truth is the divisions have only deepened 
over the years. And right now, <laughs> I'm going to acknowledge something. Um, well, first off, I don't see those divisions improving. But I acknowledge a division within my own emotions. I was unable to experience joy with Friday's decision. I could not sleep Friday night, and I finally got up and, and just wrote in my lament journal, lamenting the fact that I couldn't feel joy and trying to process that and understand what that was about. I acknowledge that God is our creator and that all people are made in his image. And I desire to affirm life. I want you to know, every single one of you, that you are loved and that God has seen you and known you and loved you from even before you were conceived. And that confidence I have in what I just said impacts the way I think about this reality of abortion that it just leads me to sense that it's not God's best will. However, in our society, the conversation has spiraled downward into violent speech, shaming women who are hurting, denigrating those who disagree, and the trophy of overturning Roe v. Wade has been elevated above everything else. And that means it has become idolatrous. Christians have turned to deceit, hatred, violence, and immorality in the pursuit of this one ideal. And this is why my emotions are divided. I know that some of you have experienced abortion or participated with a partner in abortion. You have felt shamed and afraid that this sin is somehow unforgivable and that you must hide this secret from your church family. I'm not asking you to divulge secrets, but I want you to know that you are loved and there is no more need for shame. I wish for every one of us to experience the joy of forgiveness and freedom, to know life in Jesus and the peace of the Holy Spirit guiding us forward. Now, I don't have that particular secret of, of having experienced abortion in my own experience, but I have other secrets. <laughs> and I am a forgiven sinner. And so I am so thankful for the hope that is in Jesus Christ. And I want you to hear this. There's no judge here. All right. We are accepting 
of each other and what God is doing in all of our lives. Can I hear an amen inside the house? Amen. I want to read from a post uh, that a pastor friend that I met on social media shared. I've shortened it because it was really long, but I'm going to share a paragraph from what she said. She says, I've been pro-life my entire life, meaning I've championed the sanctity of life in children and adults alike, wrestling through conversations about the death penalty to pacifism, to poverty, to abortion, to gun control, always erring on the side of life and breath. She goes on, my head and my heart hurt, disgusted thinking that there's got to be a different way than this act of verbal violence. And she was referring to some people things that she was seeing in her social feed on Friday. Can we tell ourselves the truth? These issues, she says, that we like to line up and divide ourselves over are not as right or wrong, this or that, as we would like them to be. I'm not sure, she said, that I could ever champion abortion as a simple means to birth control. But I know there are so many circumstances where life is concerned, and particularly a woman's right to life, that I am grieving. And she finishes with this. These conversations are best had gathered around tables outside of comment feeds where we can ask anything, listen well, freely disagree, and love regardless. And I want you to hear love as the strongest message today. So, you have each received this rose. The rose was one of the symbols that was in use at the March for Life. It is also a symbol of love. Roses are given as a gesture of adoration and esteem. It's also something that you see at somber occasions. <laughs> so whatever your emotions are today, I don't, if you are feeling bubbling over with joy, I do not want to quench that, okay? If you are feeling like I am with some division in your emotions and not sure what's what, I, don't, I want to acknowledge that. So whatever they are, I want you to receive this rose as a symbol of love and acceptance. And as you hold your rose, we're going to observe silence. I ask that you take this moment to meditate on God's love. And if your emotions are spilling over, let this be a moment of, of a time of communion with God around those emotions, whatever they might be. So I know in general we're, we can be uncomfortable with silence, but we are going to enter into silence now. Are you prepared? Take a breath, and let's be silent.
Let's continue in worship. Deliver us from evil as an important um, prayer for us to be praying. And so I want us to be ready as we're looking at the scripture today, as we're looking at this prayer, as we are practicing praying. Jesus said his house should be a house of prayer. We need to, it, it would be silly for me to be preaching on a part of scripture called the Lord's Prayer and we not have prayer time in our service. And so that's how we'll be finishing up today is through praying. And so I just want you to be prepared for that. But at this moment, if you can pull your card out, and I, I want us to um, read the King James Version together. And maybe it's just because of my own, you know, biases. This is the one I memorized. And this is the one if, you know, if you go to uh, uh, all kinds of different events, whether it's a funeral or a graduation, or there's different places where you will hear the Lord's Prayer recited. This is the version you're probably going to pray. What happens when you're about to pray it, you're, you're asking yourself, oh, do they say debts or trespasses? Do they say debts or trespasses? And trying to get yourself ready to say it the right way, you know. But this one is from Matthew, and it's going to say debts and debtors. But let, if you have your card, I, I want to invite us all to pray this prayer together. So I will read the first part, and then all of us will join in together and pray together. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Take advantage of that card. Take it home with you. There's a couple of other translations on it. On the back is a translation from the message, which is really great. And um, I think you may enjoy praying it that way. Uh, so please take advantage of that. So <laughs> this is such a huge topic. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Last week we talked about the first part, our Father. The fact that it's our, like it's a, it's a prayer of unison with others, a concert of prayer. And that God is our Father. He has invited us into intimate relationship with Him as His own children. And that that is a part of what we are taught in this prayer. And as we are preparing ourselves to take a stand and say, deliver us from evil, we need to be confident in that relationship and in that reality that that is a part of what God has given us. We talked about keeping God's name holy and that it is an important part of living for God that we do not mistreat 
his name. But then it comes to this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And this is not normal for me, but within my notes are several drafts down below that I've just grayed out <laughs> because I started with one thing and I was like, oh, that's not it. That's not where it's going. And then I went another direction. I, I was wishing to just be able to like, could I, could I just tell you guys some funny stories today? And we just like laugh in church. Wouldn't that be fun and everything? And then it's like, oh, I don't know if that's the way to go with this, you know? And so what is it that is the word for us today? Eric is up here nodding his head. Yes, I would like to laugh in church. I don't think I've been giving you enough opportunities to laugh in church, so I will try to keep that in mind. However, <laughs> here's what I totally sense. If you just don't go out of here with anything else today, this is what I want you to go out with. And I addressed it some in the meditation, but I, I'm not sure you believe it yet. I want each and every one of you that is gathered in this space of worship to simply be aware of your belovedness. Be aware of how beloved you are. When we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, we are expressing the hope that our hearts will align with God's heart. God is love. God is good. God is kind. God is holy and just. His will for you is love. His will for you is good. His will for you is kind. His will for you is holy and just. And so <laughs> we're moving towards this deliver us from evil. This prayer is a prayer of surrender, opening ourselves up, to allow his will to be done in us. And it's vital. There are other times when I have looked at this prayer and maybe even preached this prayer or taught this prayer that it is felt more of a prayer of advance. Like, you know, this kind of, thy kingdom come, you know, and, and moving it forward. And I'm not sure that that's wrong. I just don't think it's the word for today. Today, it's a prayer of surrender. It's a prayer of saying, in, in this earth, this clay, your will be done here. I surrender to your will. Here's another truth about it as I was trying to prepare. It can become very situational. As in, this prayer probably means something different to a villager in Ukraine than it does to a businessman in Sri Lanka, where the entire economy of the country has collapsed. 
than it does to a brothel worker in Mumbai. Than it does to us here in our church. When we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, what are we truly asking for? It's situational also because we can't always impact what's going on in other places of the world. Although I want to remind us that we do have connections around the world and we do have impact in places that you will never see until you make it to heaven because of our relational connections with other ministries and missionaries and places that are around the world. So we do have impact, but it's situational in that when we are surrendering and saying your kingdom come to where I am. It's making an impact there, starting where you are. And so that is very real. But it can also be the truth that even right now today in this church, when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, there could be a church down the street praying the same prayer with different ideas in their mind of what that means. Amen? Therefore, it calls for humility and surrender, and truly saying, not my will, but yours be done. So here's a couple of things to remember about the kingdom of God. For one thing, it is a kingdom, and that means there is a king, and his name is Jesus. He's not on the ballot. There's not an election. There's not a campaign. He is the king. Jesus is Lord. And we are his children. And we are citizens of his kingdom. And we serve the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Jesus is the king. What or where is God's kingdom? God's kingdom is the place where what God wants to happen happens. What God wants to happen, happens. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, here are some things that are true. No matter where the prayer comes from, whether it's from Vienna, Virginia, or Sri Lanka, or Mumbai, or Lebanon, or Israel, or India, or Russia, or South America, no matter where, these things are true about God's kingdom. <laughs> Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That is what God's kingdom people are called to do. And the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in my heart that I am able to do that. That is following God's kingdom. In God's kingdom, we are called to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all the ways of Jesus. That is always true in God's kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Be 
being filled with the Holy Spirit. That is God's will. When we're saying, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, this is God's will. To walk in the Spirit, to bear the fruit of the Spirit. We will always be praying according to God's will when we are asking for that. In God's kingdom, we are called to preach the good news to the poor, to set the oppressed free, to bring liberty to the captives. And in the coming days and weeks and months and years, that may become more and more vital for us to engage in as God's people. In God's kingdom, we take hold of that for which Christ took hold of us. And we move forward in him. In God's kingdom, we are called to be free. True freedom. True freedom in Christ. To present your body as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. This is your reasonable act of worship. This is always true in God's kingdom, to not be conformed to the world. To not be conformed to the world. I read news headlines this week. I listened to hearings this week. I paid attention to stuff that's going on in the world this week. But that is not what I built today's message on. <laughs> we got to build our life on something stronger than what's going on in the world. It's on the word of God. We need to not be conformed to this world. We need to understand what is God saying in the situation. And it can be confusing. And I can tell you that there have been times I have had way more questions than certainty, way more confusion than knowing absolutes and can we get comfortable enough to know that if we simply remember that we are the beloved ones of God that Jesus is Lord and that if we will love him with all our heart soul mind and strength love our neighbor neighbor as ourselves, we probably are going to be all right <laughs> even if we don't know all the answers In God's kingdom, we are called to pray without ceasing. So we're going to pray. We're going to spend some time now praying. And leading this in our hybrid situation with some of you joining online and some of you here in person can be a challenge. But I would like to invite us that are here in the room if you would be willing, and we don't do this very often on a Sunday morning, but to actually get with somebody and pray. I'm going to come down here to the front and be available for prayer. If you want something special prayed for, if you want prayer for healing, those of you that are joining online, let me know if you want to schedule a call and, and we can have a time to pray together. 
But the reality is we don't have the answers in ourselves. We don't have the power <laughs> to make everything better. Some of us are bent that way. When we see things wrong, we, we want to get them fixed. And it's challenging and frustrating to not be able to just do it and, and get, make everything better. We need to pray. We need to pray. So I think, Kathy, I'm going to go ahead and, and be okay with ending our live stream early, and we're going to enter into a time of prayer here in the sanctuary. Those of you, again, at home, feel free to contact me if you want to schedule a time for prayer. I invite you to enter into a time of prayer where you are, all right? So I'm going to say goodbye to you for now. God bless you. If you enjoyed today's message, why not share it with a friend? I invite you to subscribe at Apple Podcast and our YouTube channel. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments. So glad that you were with us today. Look forward to seeing you next week. At Vienna Assembly of God, we love God, others, and life. And we're leading our community in a growing relationship with God.